So all all I said was that it's kind of you know it's kind of funny, it's kind of strange that all these companies are working so hard on creating AI when if it reaches the final stage of uh, artificial general intelligence or AGI or the singularity, uh, it will actually uh, eliminate the need for companies. It'll eliminate the need for money. It will actually. So these companies are actually sort of working towards their own destruction in a way, but um, it would be a, a humanity reaching another level, right? As, as, so I, this was at Thanksgiving. I was talking to some relatives about it, and they were very much like, no, I think that no matter what, the companies can still survive. And, you know, I, I, and, and even with AGI, you know, this, this is artificial intelligence that, right, it can learn how to learn. So it can essentially learn how to do anything. It will be able to perform all the tasks that uh, humans can do. It can actually build robots, humanoid robots, to build to do all those tasks. The idea is that a, a system that can learn then becomes uh, uh, enters into a geometric progression. It's it's sort of this loop that it just it every day it would get ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million times more powerful. Like every day, I know. If you if you chart that out, but it will the end point is that the, the AI would be able to sort of perform any task, a very task oriented thing, right? So why do we have businesses? Why do and why does any company exist? It's to create products and services essentially for other people or other companies, right? So the idea is that the stuff a company can produce as a goods or a service, Coca Cola bottles of Coke, AI can make that. Uh, uh, providing uh, medical services, well, AI is going to be doing that too. Robotic doctors. I know that sounds rather horrifying, but the idea is that the only point I was trying to make was that, uh, you know, these companies thinking it's a good investment when the actual like what other investment could you imagine that would destroy the that could potentially destroy the concept of a company itself. Right. So a company like Google or whatever is it known as Alphabet, like they're investing heavily in A.I., but if they actually succeed in achieving AGI, which is, you know, right, that's the general term that people are using for the next level, there will be no more Google. There will be no more need for Google, um, right? Because all the services that, adver- like, they're advertising, you won't really need advertising anymore. There will be potentially no more money and no more uh, businesses, right? So searching, of course, we would still need, but the AI can help uh, with that. And I know it's hard for people to wrap their minds around this you know, not needing money and not needing companies, but I really do think that that is the end result with with uh, when we're looking at AI, which would technically be a good thing, um, right? When machines can, without any human involvement, can produce the goods and services that we want and need, um, there's no need for companies anymore. But I did admit. And and the people I was talking to were very much disagreed with me. <laughs> they disagreed with me. They're like, no, we still will need companies. And I was, I, I, I couldn't really. It was, it was one of those very esoteric discussions. I said, well, you know, if if it if we never do reach AGI, and it's just these kind of the current AIs as we know them, which are really each one is rather limited, rather impressive, the images, the text, etc. If those remain the state of the art, and we never break through to AGI, then I would say the companies are are, are wisely investing uh, their money but otherwise it's uh it just seems odd and uh i i find this generally when there's kind of a a cultural what would you say um 
mental conditioning to think that money and businesses and companies and this hierarchical structure we live under is ultimately necessary. I mean, p- people are not really people. I think are looking at it like money is always going to be necessary. It's just part of life. Well, money is because like, well, hey, like uh, you you've contributed to 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 the uh, to pr- producing goods and services. So here's your here's a, here's your little reference that you helped out. Now you can get some of it, right? Because there's a limited amount of this stuff. You can only take so much. There really will not. There'll be far more than anyone could use, I would think, with AGI. That is, no human involvement in machines, building machines, building machines, producing our our food, our gadgets, our uh, our transportation, our entertainment, everything. And I know people don't like it. People don't want it to happen. Well, I understand that, but that's because all these companies are working so hard on it that it could happen. Any could happen any day. Um. So it's not it's not whether or not it's going to happen. It's just I th- I find that people's kind of sometimes have limited thinking when it comes to this stuff because they've been conditioned uh, all their life with these dialectics to uh, certain truths, you know. Anyway, um, that was uh, Thanksgiving. It was a good Thanksgiving, you know. We we got uh, our our vegan food from uh, two different places. Uh, Veggie heaven, of course, we usually get one of the turkey dinners where they have sort of the turkey-ish sliced meat, fake meat, and a few other things. And we also went to Freakin' Vegan in Ridgewood. Uh, Veggie heaven is uh, in Upper Montclair. There used to be more of them. I think there's still one somewhere up here. I'm in New Milford now. My wife is doing uh, physical therapy. And uh, I, 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 I realized, like, last week, I usually do two shows a week without fail, and I forgot to do the second show because, man, the four-day weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it went by so fast. I, I mean, it just flew by. I couldn't believe how fast it, it flew by, and it was, like, uh, insane. And I just forgot to do a show, so I figured I'd about, have about 40, 45 minutes here. I'll, I'll, I'll do a show in the car waiting in the parking lot of the physical therapy place here in New Milford. This is up by this is a town like with this vague name that I normally wouldn't have known where it was, but it's up here near Paramus and Farallon, this kind of area. More like Paramus. It's it's near it's actually if you know the Riverside Square Mall, whatever it's called now, the shops at Riverside. It's it's very close to there. As opposed to West Milford, which is way out in western New Jersey, and that's the area that so many remember that whole weird New Jersey thing? I think the magazine is still going. I haven't really read it in a long time. I was actually in Weird New Jersey magazine about the Andy Kaufman situation. Remember that whole thing? Chris Gethard was 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 he the uh, the reporter for for the magazine, I think. That was back in one of those years, 2008. It's a long time ago now. But Weird New Jersey used to always talk about all this stuff up in West Milford. It's like there's these weird roads and weird like abandoned places. I think the jungle habitat was up there, you know. Um, the ruins of jungle habitat. So, uh, yeah. Let me just write down some show notes here. Weird New Jersey. But this is New Milford, not West Milford. What else are we talking about here? Thanksgiving. Yes. I'm doing my show notes in real time here because, uh, I don't want to turn, I don't want to hit pause because I, I, I barely have time to record a full episode in the car here. 
Yeah, so my wife, as you know, broke her shoulder, as you may not know, um, a couple months ago now. It's nearing two months. It hasn't actually been two months. Almost two months ago, she broke her shoulder really bad, got a shoulder replacement. That's how bad it was. And now she's doing physical therapy. So she's recovering, though it's a long process. Um, so we've been coming up here. She's probably going back to work at some point soon. So this is closer to her work for doing physical therapy. It's about a half hour. Actually, today there was no traffic. It's the first time I drove up here. There was no traffic. It took about 23 minutes. Normally, it it, it, it would take about a lot more because there's endless traffic issues, you know. But there was no traffic at all today. It was amazing. No traffic backups, no traffic jams. Weird. It's weird how fast you can get places sometimes. Actually, the last time we were here, I... We were almost out of gas, so I drove down the street. The, the gas is really cheap up here for some reason. Like, um, I don't know why. It's like it was two ninety nine, and uh, now it's two ninety five. But I was looking at the map because from here I can go to this gas station on the corner. But then it's like this weird corner. I I can't really turn out of the gas station to come back here. I have to go into this weird like housing complex and do all these weird turns to somehow get back here. So I went up the street, and then there was a shell, but it was like a lot more expensive than the other gas stations, but it was more conveniently located. So I'm like, listen, I I don't know. Because across this street, uh, from that one, there was another one, but there were all these cars lined up, and everyone was trying to get 299 gas. So I'm like, let me just go to Shell. I, you, know, you know what I mean? It's a little bit more money, but, you know. I, I don't know. How do they survive? I guess idiots like me that that go there for the convenience to pay a few more cents per gallon um still so much cheaper than in europe right right like in italy we figured out gas was like uh or benzina as they call it there was some, somewhere around eight dollars a gallon uh, when you convert the unit measure and the, the the uh the currency so we have it cheap here but yeah it's getting cheaper um so i pull in to the gas station you know and here in new jersey we have a situation we're the last place in America, perhaps the last place in the world, where they do, no, do not allow you to pump your own gas. It's all full service. Oregon uh, was uh, the other state that had that, and uh, they they eliminated that a couple years ago. They changed their law. They're saying they're trying to change it in New Jersey as well. As I would rather pump my own gas than have to deal with the sometimes rather uh, sourpuss employees that pump your gas. It's always a little bit, you know weird and socially uncomfortable because I don't know people really generally don't want to be doing that job they're sitting out in the cold if it's if it's the colder months and uh, they're pumping gas I mean it's something people could do themselves it's just a quirk of the law that uh, they, they still have this full service gas thing in New Jersey so I pull up there I I, I pull up and uh, you know you you hit that little latch that opens it and I saw there was a guy in the little hut the little the little the little room at the gap by the gas pumps so, you know, I'm I'm sitting waiting and nothing's happening. I'm looking around. This the guys. Maybe is it possibly possibly he didn't see me? I don't know. I guess he couldn't. I don't know. And then like more a few a couple another couple of minutes pass, and I'm like looking at that gas station that's across the street. There's a bit of a line, but it's cheaper. And what's going on here? What is this guy doing? Uh, so I'm like, well, I got to get out anyway to close the the gas door if I'm going to be leaving. But now that I'm getting out, I may as well go look in the, the door to the hut and see gently, like, what's going on in there. So I, I get out, and I 
I see the guy's in there, uh, and uh, it's like an older guy. So I, I, I sort of poked my head in there. I'm like, hey, I was like, hey, uh, you open? Is it, are you open? He's like, why wouldn't we be? Why wouldn't we be open? Of course. Well, why am I sitting here if we're not open? Okay. I'm like, okay, great. Let me get uh, fill it up, fill her up with regular. <laughs> I didn't protest at him. Well, I was sitting there for like five minutes. And you didn't come out. That's why I'm sort of, of course we're open. What do you think I'm sitting here for? <laughs> this guy was talking about he's a very angry guy. The thing is, they must get no customers because of the, they're charging so much more for the gas. So he's he, he probably thought I, I, I just pulled in by buying a steak or something. But there's a 7-Eleven there too. So maybe people go to the 7-Eleven. I don't know. Anyway, he pumped my gas. I paid and we, that was it. But uh, a little gas station story there. I felt like, whoa, this guy is... I'm sorry. I I, I, I was just... He, I, I upset him just by asking him, are you open? What I, what should I have said? Hey, get out of here, guy. Pump my gas, damn it. What do you think? I, I, I have all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was the gas station story. Um yeah, but it's been almost a week since our last episode here. Yeah, the uh, Video Game Connections episode. That was a good one. Yeah, I don't know what it, what it was. Usually, like, because Thursday was... Uh, yeah, thir- that, yeah, Thursday was Thanksgiving. Friday is when we came back up here and the gas station thing happened. And then Saturday... I don't know what was going on. We uh, we got together with the neighbors and I had a little too much to drink of different stuff. So the Sunday morning I was like... Uh, had a bit of a hangover. Luckily we have Alka-Seltzer hangover relief, which does help, but... It wasn't that bad, but I just had a bit too much of stuff mixed. So then there was Sunday, and now there's Monday, and yeah. So I, 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 this morning I'm like, wait, did I do my episode last week? I almost never forget. But anyway, the big news, of course, is uh, let me write this down in my show notes. PQ um, has uh, finished his run on Overnightscape Central. Let me just write this down. PQ. He's sort of taking a, a sabbatical. What was the right word he said? PQ's last episode of Central for a while, right? That, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. So Overnightscape Central, which has been going for 13 years, and as it turns out, pretty much exactly 13 years. Um, last episode of Overnightscape Central. Excuse me, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> The hell? Why can't I write overnightscape? Sorry, I'm having trouble writing things. Over, not overbitescape. Overnightscape. Shouldn't that be like in my uh, settings here? For a while, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we, I know PQ was. Uh, he, he, we had that episode uh, a month or two back. Uh, you know, is the central still relevant? And. Um, so yeah, and I and I said yes, it is relevant. And also, just just to just out of completeness, I asked PQ to do show topics starting with letter X and Z, so we have every letter of the alphabet. And he did that. Um, so I knew he was. Uh, you know, I think the show in the past had much a much greater uh, level of participation. And I talked all about that on that episode about how there's things we may be able to do to increase the participation and stuff, but. It sort of feels like all of us are sort of at our limit in in terms of our productive capacity, in terms of 
doing shows and stuff here on the Overnight uh, Overnightscape. Uh, sorry, on some radio. So uh, I totally understood that PQ uh, deciding to uh, to take a break from the show, and it could be a permanent break, as he said. It, 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 he he may not come back to it. Uh, but I wanted to take a look here at some stats about Overnightscape Central. Just uh, it looks like there were 677 episodes. Wow. And, it, in fact, the very first episode was uh, Calling All Hosts. It was the introduction. It was on November 23rd, 2010, right? And the following week, the very first topic was Weird Holiday Memories. Um, so, anyway, that was, as I said, the very first episode was November 23rd, 2010. And the last episode, just last week, uh, the Getting Old topic was November 22nd, 2023. So... It was exactly one day before well, it completed 13 years. The next day would have was the uh, the 13th anniversary of that first episode. So, um, thank you so much, PQ, for such an incredible run. Of course, uh, Jimbo took over the Central uh, from late 2016 to late 2017, when sadly he passed away. Um, so he was he did it for almost exactly a year. Um, and so, as PQ mentioned, if there's anyone out there that has an interest in um, taking over the show as a weekly show, Overnightscape Central, you set the topic each week and have people send in audio and uh, put the show together, uh, I'm, PQ and I would be more than happy to talk to you and set something up. Uh, but I know that, like for me, and the, the show will continue one way or the other. That's what I'm trying to say, but... For me, it is, uh, you know, I think it might be tough to get back to the the levels of participation that we used to have. And as I talked about on that episode about is Central still relevant, I I was talking about, um, you know, we never really had an email list or a contact list. And, you know, I sort of feel like uh, it's not just doing the show, but it's kind of um, uh, refreshing it in some way. Um, which, you know, does take a lot of time and effort. And right now I'm very much embroiled in the uh, final stages of putting the next book together. I made so much progress over this past weekend. The whole middle part of the book is pretty much done, and I just have to do the the stuff at the end and at the beginning, of course, all the introductions and stuff and list of the host. But I'm getting there. So uh, anyway, if anyone's interested in uh, in taking over Central, of course, please let us know, frankattheovernightscape.com. My email, uh, kpqr.torc at, g- at gmail.com. It was PQ's email. And uh, if you were interested, please let us know. Uh, otherwise, I think my my thought right now is to uh, bring it back as, a, as perhaps a monthly thing. And um, again, I'm still in the early stages of my planning for taking over the show, but in, a, in making it a bit more... Uh, I don't think I could handle it weekly, personally, uh, but maybe monthly show, and uh, maybe coming up with several topics for the month, and then also inviting people to record uh, on the previous topics of the previous 677 topics that are out there. Uh, for those that missed those shows, they they can do catch ups or something, uh, kind of a monthly a monthly thing. And if I do that, that probably would be in January. I'd probably start it back up in January. Uh, as as far as I'm thinking right now. But let us know. I feel like uh, the Central will continue, but it's going to be in a slightly different form. And again, 
Thank you so much, PQ, for just an incredible run of shows. And I do think that if we step back and look at those 677 episodes of Overnight Escape Central, each with its own topic, um, it is such an incredible body of work, such an amazing group of contributors. I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but the number of people, let me see, I may be able to find it here, the number of people that um, participated in the show. Yeah, I can see, I thought I wrote it down, but let's see. Um, there's a lot. Yeah, the new edition is, give me a second here. Why didn't I write that down? That's that particular stat. Where is it? Ah, oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. Hmm. What's up with that? Sorry. <laughs> I'm fiddling around with my phone here. Why? Download. Oh, it's... Oh, it has the same... Okay, it has the same name. It's only 50 megabytes right now. That shouldn't be a too take too long to download. Hmm. <laughs> five minutes left. Jesus. What, am I in a bad zone here for uh, 5G or something? This is 5GE. Yikes. This is, this is going... Anyway, it's like something like 60 or 70 different people had participated in the show over, over the course of 13 years. Uh, yeah, that's going to take a while to download. Let me... I do have it downloaded already, but it's an older copy. So maybe we'll just look at that one. See, this is usually stuff that happens while I'm on I'm on pause, you know. No, okay. Uh, anyway, Overnight's Keep Central. And, of course, I want to thank everyone who has participated in the show over all these years. Hmm. No, no. What the hell is going on here? Why is it so hard to do anything? Here we go. Okay. All right. Let's try this out. Yeah. This is a fairly recent copy of it, as I do upload it, update it each month. 73. That was as of uh, a few months ago. 73 different people participated in Overnight Escape Sound. 73 people. Some of them might not actually be people, but actual, like, cartoon characters and stuff. But most of them are actual people, okay? Anyway. Overnight Escape Central. Yes, it, it has... En- one phase has ended, but I, it will continue in some form. And, uh, like I said, I'm thinking January to bring it back. Uh, but we will have to see. I mean, maybe I could just put something out there uh, for December. I don't know. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to keep going, but you, you see what I'm saying. Don't you see what I'm saying? Yes. Anyway, let's check out today's uh, show art. Today's episode is called Zope TV Daily Comics. It is cool. Yes. I emailed the show art to myself so I could take a look at it here in the car. See, normally I'd be pausing and starting and stopping. You you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Hold on one second here. 
Hmm. I'm just looking at a few things on my phone here. Okay. All right. I was looking at yes, the the art. Yes, here we go. Yeah, so this while I was put, working on the book, just so you know, the work I'm doing on the book is basically um in the listings there's this thing called the listening token which is uh an emoji for each little playlist. Like for example, each month of the Overnight Escape there's usually 8 or 9 episodes and uh so there'll be a a listening token. And it was something I I came up with about a year or so ago and uh it's just uh, choosing semi-randomly the uh, emoji that goes in and then throw it, typesetting it in there. And then also I have four images on the bottom of each page. So no longer every single image, just four at the bottom of each page. And then every single image will be in the, uh, di- what I call the digital extension. But I've been doing all that stuff. And the program I'm using, it's so weird. Like, it's so annoying because I'll finally finish a layout and it took such a long time. Then I close it. Next time I open it, like, Everything's shifted, and I don't know what the hell's causing it, and it's driving me nuts. But then I fix it again, and I think I really don't know what's causing it, but I think I figured out how to sort of quash the problem. Anyway, um, that's sort of what's taking all the time, you know, choosing the images, putting them in. But th- I did all that already. That's all done, and now it's just sort of this thing called the uh, Onsug Vault, the Onsug Radio Vault, all the old files, and I have some new files going in there. And... Uh, yeah, the, those listings, the rules for Flea Devil Solitaire, of course, uh, which are pretty much done now. Uh, it's, it's such a great place. That's going to be in the book. And then it's the front matter, the introduction, the Ansug story, the listing of the hosts and the photos of the hosts, things like that. So it's going to be a whole thing. Anyway, I saw this artwork uh, for briefly, I think around 2010, I decided to try and... Uh, Introduce my my character Zope, my cartoon character Zope, or comic strip character Zope, Z O P E. His name is Zope, um, to uh, be sort of the mascot of the Overnightscape Underground, and it didn't really work out. It didn't seem like a good fit, but uh, I found this artwork, which uh, is something that I drew in July seventh, two thousand. And it was kind of like an ad or a promo for Zope TV, which was uh, um, digital comics of Zope. And so this is a picture of Zope with his long hair, as opposed to the hair sticking straight up, which he used to have at one point, kind of like the Eraserhead character. Anyway, here's Zope in some sort of weird landscape with a crossbow and wearing a T-shirt of himself, which he does quite often. That's of his older version of of his art, and uh, he's smoking a cigarette, of course. He has a mustache at this point, and he's holding a sign which says, Zope TV Daily Comics. It is cool. And uh, there's another picture of Zope on there. So I saw this, so I just sort of took this this exact art, and I just took off the part that said Underground and the part that said Onsug.com. And so we just have this today's show art, which is based on that. Um... Yeah, I, I I really you know I was really struck by how that looked, and um, I don't have a a, a a great ability to draw. Uh, my brother got that ability. I did not get that artistic sense, um, but I did these comics anyway. In fact, Zope Comics won the worst mini comic of the year award in 1986 from Small Press Comics Explosion, 
for that first phase, that first wave of uh, photocopied mini-comics. I was part of that world, and I won that award. It was amazing. Um, so I don't know that I was quite cut out to do comic strips, but I wanted to have one, so I created this one. Um, Zope TV itself was kind of interesting. Uh, we can find it, actually. It's still online. It was a weird, ambitious thing, I think. In two, yeah, it was in 2000. It's in, so it's in that vault. It's in that stash. Um, but we can find it another way as well. If we have to go to franknora.com and then go to info. Yeah, this site is <laughs> Flash. I still have something in Flash on there. Uh, so if you go to Info, then you go to um, the last Obliviana site, I believe, yes. And then you go to Obliviana Underground. And then, yeah, the Deep Archive. Um, on the Three down on the right, I think that's the Zope TV. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, Zope TV. And this was uh, started on uh, Thursday, July 27, 2000. And there's this whole setup. There's like a Zope TV logo in the upper right. And then on the top are some comics I did at the time. Uh, and then there's a weird, there's all these weird pictures of me in there. And um, yeah, and it went on for a while. I don't know how many episodes I did. I, I think I did 20 or 30 of them. Um and Zope has a new co-host. It says, uh, so here's Zope. Hey, folks. Ah, I lost it. What happened? Hey, folks, my name is Zope, you know? Here we are at the premiere of Zope TV. Cool, eh? Oh, and here's my lovely co-host, Nixie59. Hi, all. As Zope said, my name is Nixie59, and I'm going to be one of the ZJs here at Zope TV. Yeah, ZJ, like VJ on MTV. But it's Zope TV, so it's ZJ. Not that Zope TV is like MTV, but... Anyway, folks, today we have for you a lovely piece called Welcome to Zope TV. Enjoy. And part of the, the, the whole thing is like, you know, Zope sort of is aware that he's a cartoon character and he's, he's very angry at me for not making him more popular. So here's the comic. Hi, I'm Zope. I'd like to welcome you to Zope TV. My great new daily online JPEG cool, amazing thing. I'm online here at www.zopetv.com. Why not zope.com? Ask my quote-unquote creator, Frank Edward Nora. He fucked up. There he is now, and it's a picture of me with long hair smoking a pipe. He neglected to register zope.com when he had the chance, so someone else registered it. The fucking goddamn Z-object programming environment? Fuck that. I was first. I came into existence on Wednesday, February 25th, 1986. My first published appearance was in Anything But Monday Magazine number 1, April 1986. My first published comic strip was in Frank's Comics in June 1986. I got my own comic the next month, July 1986, called Zope's Big Atomic Party. So come on, man! Fuck these Z-object programming assholes. I am the one and only Zope. I have a mul had a multitude of comic adventures, and there are many more to come. All of my amazing hijinks will be presented here on Zope TV. Everything. Ha ha, man. Everything is A-OK. -okay. I know. 
Frank fucked up by allowing Zope.com to slip away, but he's trying to make up for it with Zope TV. Okay. Jesus, man. My comic, my character is very angry at me, you see? What is this? The next uh, entry of Zope TV number two. Here's Nixie59. So, Zope, we have a correction from last episode. The folks at Zope.com are not the Z object programming environment, but rather the Z object uh, publishing environment. Fuck them. Who cares? Just thought I'd set the record straight. I see you've made yourself at home, lounging around and sipping mixed drinks. Sure, kid. Anyway, here's a cool early adventure of yours. It's lovely. And then it says fucked up drawing too. See, I'm trying to draw Nixie 59 laying on a chaise lounge and it's about the limit of my drawing ability. <laughs> Zope's Many Dilemmas. Is there a date on that one? Wow. 5-27-87. Anyway, you get the idea. And it continued to... How, how far did it go? Huh? It went pretty far. Uh... 49. Yeah, I did 49 uh, daily episodes of Zop TV. Yeah. Hmm. Then I just stopped. Yep, that was it. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to, uh, you know, comic strips are tough. It, 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 it requires a type of uh, creativity that uh, I think it's more present when you're young because you've noticed a lot of people that are cartoonists or comic strip artists that they do it for a while then they just stop they just run out of gas they just can't do it anymore and those are people that can actually draw unlike me <laughs> but I would like to and that's on my my, my massive uh, to-do list to put together uh, try to collect all of the Zope comics in one like you know print publication I think that should be done at some point and uh Hopefully that'll that'll get done. I feel bad as he is a fictional character. I know he's mad at me, but he's only mad at me because I wrote him that way. He's not actually real. So he'd probably be upset hearing me say that. Yeah. Um yeah, so that that's why I chose the art. And I don't know why didn't he uh why didn't he work out as a uh as a mascot for the whole thing. I don't know. I I I've noticed in the past that when you have creative projects, whatever. And sometimes you have this urge to combine them, to kill two birds with one stone or whatever. And often it, these, those kind of things don't work, right? Uh, it's sort of counterintuitive, but it just sort of seems like a creative thing, a project sort of has its own identity and it's hard to sort of smush it together with something else. That That's sort of been a big problem for me uh, all the time, trying to do that. <laughs> Oh, here's something interesting. I got some ga- I got some Galliano. I haven't tried it yet, though. Um, so you might recall, uh, I've been you know I've been constantly revising the cover of the book, and I, I chose this sort of yellow ochre color, like a dark yellow color. And it turns out one of the color websites calls it Galliano, and um, I instantly recognize it because there, there's a band called Galliano that. Uh, I've talked about in the past from England in like the 90s. But then apparently it's also a liqueur, uh, an Italian liqueur. And um, the other night when I drank too much, before I drank too much, uh, my neighbor, uh, Brad, was going over to Total Wine on 46 and asked if I wanted to go. So I went 
And uh, they had a, a big bottle of Galliano. It wasn't that expensive, and I bought it. So now I have a big bottle of Galliano, which is... And Brad said his parents used to drink it. It's a very, it feels like a very mid-century kind of drink that people would have had back then. Uh, it's a liqueur, so I'll try that at some point, the Galliano. But it's the color of, of the, uh, the cover. It's now sort of this yellow-orange color, this purple section, and a little green highlights and black and white. The new book cover, which I wanted to be somewhat memorable... I wanted it to be something that would stand out since the theory is that we want this to be available for the next couple thousand, if not tens of thousands of years of human history. So the cover has to be a little bit, it has to stand out a bit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in TV news, um, my brother just mentioned Fargo season five is out. The Fargo TV series, um, based on the movie Fargo, which was a movie I absolutely I absolutely loved that movie, uh, and used to watch it all the time. Though I think I've lost my taste for it because everyone else is so obsessed with it. <laughs> but it is obviously a great movie about the kidnapping scheme up in Minnesota, and uh, they say at the beginning that it was a true story, even though it wasn't. That was part of the artifice of the the concept. Is that the right way of saying it? Yeah. And um, wasn't there like a, a woman in Japan that thought it was real and she like sold all her things and mo- tried to go to Minnesota to find the money even though it was all fictional. It didn't exist. She was trying to find it. And then there was a movie about that. Do you remember all that? I don't remember that. That's not the TV show though. That would be something else. I'd have to look into that. Uh, but the TV, it's one of those anthology shows which it's a different storyline each time. And I, I've watched it. I don't know how many seasons I've watched of Fargo, though. I don't think I saw the last one, which took place in the 1950s, although maybe I did. I don't. I have no memory of it. But anyway, this one takes place in 2019, and uh, they've only the first two episodes are out. And it sort of feels like, um, what do you say? It it it's it start. It seems like it's following the plot of the movie. The plot of the movie is this guy uh, is married to this woman whose parents are rich, and so he stages a kidnap. He has her kidnapped so he can get all the money, right? And then all these things happen. This one, it starts off like that, but then it sort of subverts your expectations at every moment. It becomes kind of a different story, even though it starts off with very similar elements, like he owns a car dealership. Uh, he's, 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 and he's giving them VIN numbers over the phone like Jerry Lundegaard and uh, there's an announcement for True Coat, you know, so like they're referencing the movie madly in this one. But yeah, it's a very, very quickly, they're subverting the whole plot. It starts off like the same kind of plot, but then it just completely goes off the rails and goes, and it's actually really good. And I was really annoyed because I thought four episodes were up, but the other two were just thumbnails and they're not out yet. The the next one's coming out uh, on Wednesday, I guess, but 3 a.m. on Wednesday, they said, yeah, 3.01 a.m. actually, yeah. Anyways, so check out Fargo. I, I don't know if I really need to go back and catch up because it, they're all different stories. And yeah, that was pretty good though. Um, I got a new mouse. It was this thing that happened. Like, uh, I had a cheapo wired mouse, but then uh, for for my trip to Italy, I bought a little computer and I bought a little wireless mouse, a little cheap one. 
And I'm like, why don't I just use, when I came home, I'm like, why don't I use this instead of my wired mouse because it'll be more convenient. And I started using it and it was okay, but at times it just, it, it, it got stuck and was jittering. And I'm like, why am I putting up with this? I want a good wireless mouse. How much can it cost? So it was, they're mostly really cheap. I tried to find one that was over $25 so I can get same day shipping on Amazon. And I found one, it's also from Logitech, um, that uses Bluetooth instead of, you know, that little, you put that little nub USB thing in your USB. This one just uses Bluetooth and it works perfectly now. And I'm like, it was like 30 bucks. I don't know. I'm like, listen, why didn't I do this before? I've been suffering with it, but it was almost like this weird sub- subconscious thing. Like, oh yeah, this guy, I was like blowing on it and, and shaking it around to make it work. Now I have Bluetooth mouse. I've, I've come into the, uh, the 2020s with a Bluetooth mouse and it's, and there's been no issues since then. It felt good to do this. See, that's very futuristic. Just, ordering something for same-day delivery, fixing your problem almost immediately. Almost immediately. Oh, another TV news. Uh, after a wait that seemed several years long, Doctor Who is back with an episode called The Star Beast. I didn't even know it was out. And it's on Disney Plus now? It's not even on any... It's just on Disney Plus streaming service. Uh, I had sort of... It was such a long wait. I'd sort of given up of ever seeing it. But so Doctor Who's just been really bad. And um, so a couple years ago, the 13th Doctor regenerates back into the 10th Doctor, David Tennant. And this is the first episode uh, with David Tennant and uh, Donna Noble, his, uh, his companion. And... Um, the first half of the episode was horrible. It, I'm like, oh my! I, I I kept pausing it and doing other things. Like, I can't watch this. It's horrible. It picked up on the second half though, and uh, it kind of got a little bit better. There's there was like a new TARDIS interior and stuff, which is really cool. But the whole episode was, uh, you know. There were so many woke elements, right? That it's and I understand. Listen, this this whole woke thing has progressed year upon year, right? the The initial concept is, I would think, is that everyone should be nice to each other. We shouldn't take our differences as as reasons to drive wedges between us. And I and I uh, support all of that stuff. I think everyone should be kind to one another. And understand one another and not divide and conquer and not divide people into different groups and things like that. But the woke thing, which is where you sort of are telling a story and you have to sort of jam in all of these different elements, um, almost like uh, checking off uh, check marks on a box, right? In this case, uh, people that are uh, disabled seek transgender, and a variety of other things, which, again, it's fine. It just sort of feels like by f- by shoehorning these things in, it's not helping the matter. It's th- if, if the whole point is to try to say we should all love one another and be kind to one another and stop being bullies to one another, whatever woke has become has, has is only serving the opposite, right, in my opinion. Because to me, it's like... I didn't even care. I was like, oh, God, really? 
And then they sort of dovetailed the transgender thing with the doctor being neither male nor female and this whole thing. And um, and then there's all these articles, of course, quoting people on Twitter who are complaining about it. Though who knows where these people actually came from and the whole the whole issue of the story of people being angry that it's so woke, right, is becomes the story. And yet, who are these people? They're just like these random people on Twitter or X or whatever it is. And um, it almost feels like a manufactured story in some way. Um, it's just, uh, it, it feels, that's my complaint. It feels like, right, where, where things have gotten with quote-unquote woke stuff is not serving the ultimate goal of everyone being kind to one another and understanding and stop all this division thing. It almost feels like woke has become a way of driving wedges between people and making the problem worse, going exactly against its original uh, goals. You see what I'm saying? So beyond that, the episode, um, it had, again, the new TARDIS was interesting and Somehow they fixed Donna. She was supposed to not be able to remember things, but now she can, and it's a whole thing, yeah. Um, it's just sort of... I feel that I need to watch every episode of Doctor Who, even though it's it's become rather um, trying, <laughs> just to put it mildly. Anyways, uh, yeah, with that, I'd like to say thank you so much for patching into this shorter episode of the Overnightscape. I'm your host, Frank Edward Noir. This is this is just a uh, sort of a catch-up episode from last week. We're here at OnSug.com, inside the book OnSug Radio. And you can get it all at OnSug.com, O-N-S-U-G.com, Overnightscape Underground. OnSug stands for Overnightscape Underground, right? Uh, so yeah, just go to OnSug.com to get all the latest shows. And uh, I know I usually promote Overnightscape Central at this point, but Overnightscape Central is taking a bit of a break. If Again, if anyone out there is interested in reviving the show as a weekly show, let me know, or even as in some other configuration. And if not, I will, um, you know, I'm working on ways to uh, bring it back. Uh, you know, hopefully in January, I think I will bring it back. I think that makes sense, right? That's the whole story. Anyways, thanks so much, and uh, now uh, I, I'm in New Milford, and there's like that weird West Milford, but there may be another Milford out there that could ag- accommodate something like this. The other side. Did he remember what you were wearing? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank goodness. I'm sure it was a mini skirt or something. <laughs> Well, Douglas, again, we welcome you back to Dallas, and uh, this is the big day, the big week that we've been leading up to now for some months as we have talked with you about the progress of ShowScan. I went to the screening this morning. This is now your first uh, little feature to to come out, New Magic. And um, let me ask you, first of all, um, are you totally pleased with uh, this, um, or are you looking at it saying, the next one's going to be better, or I'm going to do this, or this, or this. Well, I'm totally pleased with this film. Uh, this film is a, it's a series of experiments in what you can do with this medium. And uh, uh, we think the film is a major breakthrough in what you can do. And as you know from some of the 
the things that happen in the theater are just totally convincing. And I think it's one of the first times in motion picture history that you come very, very close to creating the illusion that something is actually happening in the theater at that moment. But uh, that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of turf to go over and a lot of new experiments to do, and we're very excited about all the new films that we'll be making. Now, this particular one, Doug, is there any way to break it down to say this picture cost, you know, X number of dollars? This picture was about a million and a half. It's a 23 and a half minute long film. It's, that's a lot of money for 23 and a half minutes. It's full theatrical feature motion picture quality production, plus show scan, plus the sound, plus the special theater and the special screen, and, and it's quite an experience. And you're still uh, just having four theaters throughout the country? Right now we're in a, a four theater intensive market survey to demonstrate how this process works and how the public likes it. It's very important for us to see how many people come, what they say about it, what they like about it, uh, how far they're willing to travel to see it, how many people will line up to see it. Uh, we think it's going to be a very exciting period now to demonstrate to Wall Street and the financial community that this is a viable new entertainment medium that we think will be a very important new way for people to, to be entertained in the 80s and 90s. Some of the theaters have already opened, haven't they? No, no, no. 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 No, we open uh, the first two theaters on February 9th, uh, Dallas, Texas, and Springfield. Mm -hmm. uh, and then shortly after that, we open Huntsville, Alabama, and Fairfax, Virginia. And it's Springfield, Missouri. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, people, I, I wonder if they, uh, in looking at this film, if uh, because some people are fairly sophisticated about movie making, if they will think that some of the things are miniatures, for instance, uh, the cruiser, the Coast Guard cruiser, um, that w was that. That was an actual. Well, it's absolutely yes. full scale, real thing. Yes. And out in the the ocean, or mm -hmm. that was shot up at Cape Disappointment in uh, Oregon, where the Coast Guard does maneuvers. There's a unique area where there's a confluence of ocean currents and the Columbia River coming to the ocean, which creates incredibly huge waves and surf where the Coast Guard does maneuvers to teach young Coast Guardsmen how to handle these boats in very heavy seas. And it was a way for us under relatively controlled conditions to get a, a breathtaking sequence like that where the boat virtually is engulfed by water and the camera had to be an underwater camera housing mounted on the deck of the boat and it had to withstand huge impacts of water and it's, it's very exciting. Were there any miniatures at all? In, uh, in New Magic, uh, there are some optical effects, animated effects, lightning bolts, things like that, that are, that are uh, optical tricks. Uh, I can't remember. There, I, no, I don't think there. trick in the room. Oh, yeah, excuse me. The, uh, yes, the, uh, the police car is a miniature. And he says that. He says, oh, yes, miniatures. All right. mm -hmm, <laughs> I understand. And you don't understand at all. <laughs> The, um, uh, the implications of this for other filmmakers. Let's say another filmmaker wanted to uh, try to do something in ShowScan. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, uh, is it, are, are there so many trade secrets that you have that he probably wouldn't be able to duplicate? Oh, not at all. The process has been very carefully designed to be completely compatible with all the ways that filmmakers ordinarily work. 
uh, we, we have certain guidelines and, and filmmakers will very quickly learn which lenses to use and, and what's best about the process and how to shoot a close-up and those kinds of things. But dramatically, it's identical to movie making. And we're in the process now of bringing in many major writers, producers, directors to view the process and come on board to, to we're, we're developing a whole string of productions. I certainly don't intend to be the only director making movies in this process. And we're getting enormous enthusiasm from the, the creative movie industry to, to use this process. Everybody's very thrilled with the possibilities. Of course, the three-dimensional aspects of this, I think, are just incredible. And um, uh, 3D hasn't been doing too well anyway, but uh, do you think that Hollywood, once this process is known, do you think Hollywood will even attempt to continue doing 3D the way they have been? I don't think so. I think 3D is, has already run the course pretty much. It was pretty much exploited this last year. It's a very inadequate process with the screens are too small, the image is too dim, the two images are not very well aligned, you have to wear the glasses. It's, a, it's not a pleasant process. I don't think it's as, even as good as making movies the regular way. I don't think it really adds much. Uh, but ShowScan is really just utterly different from that. It's bright, sharp, clear, no glasses, total comfort, very experiential, very real. And uh, I just don't think there's any comparison between 3D and ShowScan. Doug, as you look at your ShowScan feature, um, what are you most proud of about this whole project and the whole technology and everything? What are you most proud of? Well, see, I think, to me, movies are, in fact, a very technical art form. It always has been. It's a series, it's a lot of machinery that goes into making movies. It's not like painting or sculpture or writing or stage drama. It's a very technical art form, and I've always felt that the the objective of movies for me is to try to recreate reality, to encapsulate in the film medium something that really happened or appears to really happen, even though it may be a set or a prop or a miniature or an effect or a performance. You want to make the audience feel totally involved and, and really committed and really believe that this is occurring. And I think that uh, ShowScan is really the first time in movie history that we've really gotten close to that. It's a, it's a new medium. It'll, it'll require uh, a certain amount of adjustment for everyone to understand that it is different. You just don't want to take ordinary people and shoot it in this process. You want to make films that are highly experiential and can bring to the public events, uh, experiences that they'll never be able to have in their lives. I mean, we certainly all have sad times in our lives with a when a loved one dies or something like that, but very few of us will ever go to the top of Mount Everest or go to the bottom of the ocean or go into outer space. And we can create those experiences with total realism. And you really, the old heart gets pumping. You really feel like it's happening. Well, Doug, we'll um, await the outcome of ShowScan. We hope that uh, Dallas and all of Texas takes to it, and um, maybe we'll have a chance to talk with you. Oh, okay. So, uh, just for reactions. Oh, okay. You can talk. I have to listen. Yeah, I have to uh, play like I'm talking. Mm -hmm. you can put any words in my mouth that you want. I think that editorially, that's in the cutting rooms. They can do almost. Uh, get a couple reactions. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna okay. okay. What was involved in shooting the Coast Guard boat? Were there any miniatures used at all? 
Could any filmmaker who was interested in making a film in Showscan, could he do that, or do you have all the secrets? Of everything involved with Showscan, what are you most proud of? Two people staring at each other. Just okay. two people. I mean, this is just <laughs> completely outrageous. Yeah. Media is amazing what we can do. We can love. small percentage of mods, the drug trip and get high scene has come to be a way of life. 
the ultimate in weapons for this group of self-alienated youth, is escaping reality by total oblivion through the use of drugs. It's a sad fact that suicide rates have risen throughout most of the civilized world in this 18 to 25 age group. In Iran, 95% of the suicides are in this age group. In the United States, it's nearly 1 in 10. Acid heads and potheads feel that the real answers to life can be found by the use of drugs. On a conservative estimate, at least 30% of all college students in this country turn on with everything, ranging from pet pills called uppers to barbiturates called downers, marijuana and amyl nitrate and methadrine to hallucinogenics including LSD and peyote and natural highs from baked banana skins to huge doses of cinnamon to even sniffing airplane glue. The widespread use of grass, better known to the unhip as marijuana, is now so widely accepted that it must be considered an integral part of the now generation's life experience. Private studies show that no fewer than 50% of some high school students have tried pot at least once and 25% turn on at least once or twice a week. Marijuana has given way to acid, which is illegally sold at $6 a cap, as opposed to 50 cents for a Mary Jane cigarette, which is a much milder kick. Statistically, the greatest majority of the hip generation shy away from the opium derivatives, such as heroin and morphine. It's because these drugs are a total withdrawal from awareness. The mod generation demands there now to be heightened and their experience more meaningful. The mods who turn on the Potter acid say their drug trip means ecstasy, sensual unfolding, illumination, even religious experience, a contact with nature, re-evaluation. But for many, it simply adds up to one word, the end. <laughs>
Scotty? Scotty, how come my buddy Sam Kinison isn't here with you tonight? Huh? Let me start. Let me let me introduce. I zip it. Yeah. Let me introduce home base up here for you. We have Stuart Goldman, who is a rock critic. Right? We got Joey Ramon. Joey Ramon from the Ramones, all right? And we've got buddy of mine. Buddy of mine. We got Ace Freely, one of the founders of KISS, all right? Let me start with you, Stuart. Let me start. Then home base, of course. Home base, we got at, uh, I should say at Loudmouth number one, we've got uh, Steve Whitaker and at, uh, my, my buddy Alex Mitchell, all right? Stick with the power. Stewie. Stewie, baby. Yeah. Rock and roll has always been called the devil's music. You remember that from when you were a kid, oh, yeah. right? When Elvis appeared on the Ed Sullivan show, they didn't show him down below the waist, all right? Told not to shoot him down there. Is what we're seeing and hearing today any worse than the 1956 gyration? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because when Elvis came on, he was original. He started something. You mentioned Bob Dylan before. Elvis Bob Dylan Elvis was original. Shut up. That. Uh, this guy, I've seen this guy eight million times. This guy's going to have a day job in five years from now. We're never going to remember hey, him. This, this, is, this is not original. This is just some gimp that crawled, looks like he crawled out of a garbage can. Why? What does he, he look like? Play. He doesn't look like a he garbage can. He can't play. There's a the, the band, there's eight million bands in garages that play just like that. How, how, much, how much do you know? All right, now you just made the move on him. How yeah. much do you know about his music? I heard it. I've three chords. How come you told our guitar player back in the days that we sounded good? Good guitar player. Good guitar just, just do me one favor and tell what the truth last here, okay? You remember his last album? I, I never heard of this guy what before is his I present came. I don't even know one title of one of the songs. I never heard of him. That's because you don't know then what the song is. Then how come you can nail him? What are you doing here? How come you can nail him? Your I man, just, like so many other critics, no, baby, no, like so many no, other critics, without knowing no, what the hell is behind you. I just you heard him now. You're nailing him. Why don't you go down and tip the ball? Sorry. You. Why don't you... Marry someone like Tipper. Why don't you marry G. Gordon Lenny, pal? You want to make me into a bad guy. I don't want to make you into a bad guy. You make yourself into a bad guy. You're attacking something you don't even know about. You've never heard their music. I just heard it. I just heard it.
claim that they... Um, what was called the Woods? Wood, uh, had, they had credit cards they could front alone. They had credit cards they could float alone. Wooden credit card. Wooden credit card. The humor. The humor runs rampant in the Collins Saga and Woods were the two food services before uh, Siler's. Craziness. So one of the fourth being, who knows? Who knows? Let's get a more of an unbiased opinion here. Let's get somebody who, somebody unsuspecting. Fred who? Fred the Furrier? No. Where is he? Hello. And what is your name, sir? Fred Arnold. So, Fred, uh, you, you, you're eating solid food, right? I think so. So, uh, what do you think of your meal tonight? Tonight's meal is good. Tonight's meal is good, and, and generally, what do you think of the meals here at Solid's? Keep it clean, please, on the air. Blah. Very blah? Yes. Did you know that there were uh, two more food, there were two other food corporations here before Siler's? Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't know that, huh? They're called Woods and uh, uh, Sagas. Sagas. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is def definitely material for the David Letterman show. Thank you. That's right. Let's go. Excuse me, sir. What do, you, what do you think about the food here tonight at dinner? You're bringing your tray back. What do you think about your food? Mike, the, the, the food. What, what, was, what, what was it like tonight? Uh, I had lunch broil and had liver. Uh, you know, it surprised the hell out of me that the... The liver didn't do better, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can imagine. They wanted to move the liver. It was the wrong night to, to do that. Yeah. All right, thank you. And now, now, we're, now we're on our last leg of our journey here. We're at the dishwasher stage. Now, we always put the trays down here on the ramp, and we always wonder where they go. And here's one of the guys, Mad Dog Ernie's Deli. He, now he's also a dish dish uh, caretaker. Ernie, tell, tell us about what happens to these dishes here. All right, so we got right, the comments. There you go. There you go. Well, uh... Well, we, well, a little tape left. We can go with something on the side if we had to. Yeah. Um, no, we can't. No, we can't really? Okay, let's, let's pause well, it and then... Uh, it's time to get our jackets and head out. And we'll listen to this tape, edit it, and make a tape out of it. Yeah. Okay? Yes, sir. Well, uh, this has been uh, Mad Mike. This is Mad Mike. This has been Mad Mike, and uh, this is I'm Frank, uh, Master otherwise of the Airways. Frank Nora, Master of the Airways. And this concludes another edition of uh, Anything But Mondays. Uh, we were at the Commons. And oh wait, Brian Cassidy's here. Uh, goodbye, Brian Cassidy. I said, huh? Huh? Well, no. What's the game on the other side? Longer than room. What's the game on the other side? Hmm. The game on the other side? Hmm. I don't know. Why don't we just take this back? You guys have interesting stuff. Yeah. Want to take it back for his thing? Go to the game room? Yeah. We got much safe left. In Dialogue 3...
Today it's the president and Nixon. He is arriving, and this is the wonderful. See, he's here. This is it. Mr. President, Mr. Former President, Mr. President, if, if, just if, you could have been any animal you wanted to be, what would it be? What an animal. Burt Reynolds and Sally Field in the TV premiere of The End, Tuesday. <laughs> Monday evening at 6.30, it's the Nighttime Family Feud. Monday night on News Center 5 at 10, we begin a special report on insanity, please. I'm Carol Marine. Is pleading not guilty by reason of insanity an easy way for criminals to get back on the streets, or is it truly a way to protect and rehabilitate the mentally ill? We look at the results of some famous cases involving insanity, please, and talk to lawyers, psychologists, and even criminals about this important issue. So join me for By Reason of Insanity, a special report beginning Monday on News Center 5 at 10. This is News Chopper 5, Chicago's first full-time news helicopter. Equipped for live transmission from the air, News Chopper 5 brings jet-age journalism to television. It's the kind of breakthrough you expect from News Center 5. After all, we've been flying on special assignments for years, and now News Chopper 5, for those times when the best place to look at Chicago is from the sky. Watch for it here on News Center 5, weekdays at 4.30, 6, and 10. Become a partner in prevention. Give to the Chicago Heart Fund. Tired of hearing that same old high-pressure approach that seems to begin every commercial these days? Or the unbelievable low-key approach that more often than not puts you to sleep? You're probably asking yourself right now, what is he selling? What do I have to buy? Well, the answer is nothing. That's right, absolutely and positively nothing at all. Nothing to buy, nothing to send. No money down, no payments monthly. No waiting for the postman at the door, no address for checks, money, or postal orders. No COD charges, no credit cards accepted because credit cards are not needed. There's nothing to buy, no merchandise, no bargains, no product, no home delivery. Installations are not free because there's nothing to install. And don't worry about delaying, take as long as you like. How can we afford to advertise like this on television? We can't. This is not an ad. It is absolutely and positively nothing. It's Second City Television, now beginning its programming day.
Undulator featuring Kim Rogers with a track called Am I Only Dreaming? Darren Johnson's Drive Time. Mash the mobile, lob the laptop, don't get caught in the city slick. See the world with Rough Guides. From Amsterdam to Zimbabwe, with a Rough Guide in your hand, you're guaranteed a smooth trip. Rough Guides, travel guides for the modern independent traveller. There's a bullet in the gun. There's a fire in your heart. Planet Perfecto, bullet in the gun. Available now. Log on, chill out and surf the net with Excite, sponsors of the underground weather. This is Jane Travis here with your hourly weather update. We're enjoying a nice sort of sunshine here in the capital today. The top temperature is going to be 22 degrees with medium air quality. This warm spell is likely to continue early into next week. I'll have more updates later. Experience the premier sports restaurant and entertainment venue, the Sports Cafe, with state-of-the-art audio-visual, 120 TV screens, games, bars, and a great restaurant. The Sports Cafe, where the games never end. www.thesportscafe.com Just got time for a few shouts now, starting with Jason and all the boys at Super Autos in Hackney, Trisha, Sam and Lisa in Tottenham, and all of the Ealing Posse. OK, now I've got a bit of drum and bass for you. This was voted number four on top tunes last week. It's New Dawn's Heartland. Heartland. 